everyone. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ad. Hello, everyone. Reporting Morning. live from Illinois and Indiana. This is Girls Talks Ag with Karen, Jen, Hello. and Kelsey. So how how's it going? Let's let's do a roundup of planting progress first. So I'll say here in West Central Illinois, corn's in the ground, beans for my family, not yet, but we're getting there. So that's that's pretty much the update. But corn is popping out of the ground. It's nice to see the green coming through the fields. Karen? Um, there's a lot of fields planted, but you can't necessarily tell what they're planted to yet. They're not up for the most part. And we had a fair amount of rain last weekend and it is sprinkling again now. And we have 50 to 60% chances for the next three days. So not we, quite uh, sure. We got back in yesterday. We started planting April 24th, 5th, 24th, corn and soybeans. Um, I would say that here in Johnson County, Indiana, we as a county are not 25% planted. Um, and we personally are not, we're higher than that. 30% Chris says, he's, he's whispering to me over here. We are 30% personally, I, I'd say the county. Do we have anything up yet? Where? The very first corn we planted is up, you can row it. Yeah, well, you can finally row the first corn we planted on April 25th. You can see beans in the dark ground. And in the dark ground, you can see the beans. Um, beans are struggling a little bit just because it's been so cold. Um, and then we planted the 24, 25, 26. I think we might have planted, I don't know. We planted for about three days and then we were out till yesterday. Um, and yesterday was a little questionable on whether it was too wet. I think it planted, the beans planted good, I think. Um, I'm gonna know till today. Um, I don't know. We missed this rain. I think we're in for a dry spell now. So apparently- I've been, apparently I've been seeing a lot of weather reports about being dry this summer until El Nino comes through. Apparently I'm supposed to wish for rain on the fields we have planted and hope that it doesn't rain on the fields that we need to plant. So, you know, again, very specific. So you're in control of moving the cloud that rains around. Yeah. You're going to go up yeah. into the skies and direct yeah. all that so, rain. Sounds good. I don't know. I talked to the guy running the truck this morning that we loaded hogs on and he said up in his area, I think he's up from Northern Indiana. So they're already doing some replant up there. I, I don't know. Can, can we say it's a clusterfuck? Yeah. Yeah. There are some, I was at a young farmer's meeting last night and I'd ask some of them if any replants and they just shook their head. No, like I was crazy. And I'm like, well, around Illinois, and I know Karen can speak to this too, but you said you didn't know about replants quite yet. Those early planted beans, some people were replanting. Um, and then the some early ones got frosted, but we didn't really have anything up here. Yeah, it just depended how early they planted. Um, so there's some that are getting replanted, some. And Stephanie, who I work with, she's doing field checks regularly. She she tells people, don't give up on that field yet. And it's interesting when I looked at the, you know, that little Purdue note or handbook, field mm -hmm. and guide handbook, I was reading the replanting section. And it said, 
replanting is mostly an emotional decision, not a logical one. And I thought, well, yeah, they probably you put it right on the head. Soybeans down to about 44,000. The key is that you don't want big gaps because that's where the weeds will come in. But you can go with pretty low soybean populations. I know Kentucky did some studies and I think theirs went down to 44,000, but um, Sean Conley out of Wisconsin has an article, I think it probably involves all of the soybean extension agronomists um, through the soybean research info. But, you know, it, it's the hard part between the 40 and 60,000. Mm-hmm. I think soybeans, and correct me if I'm wrong, soybeans, they can stay in the ground a little bit longer and, you know, kind They're of a little bit more tolerant to the cold. They are. A little bit hold their own, pull it in, pull it together and wait until it, it feels right to do their thing. I don't know. Corn this is-, is probably completely incorrect, but it's like soybean are the women and corn are the men. <laughs> what a great segue. Honestly, I've been complaining to you guys about how well, I don't. I don't want to complain about being a woman in ag because that's just not my never been my thing but I told you guys the other day I walked into a uh, a tire repair place and I was wearing a free seed hat probably a free seed sweatshirt boots and jeans and the guy said he, he made a random comment to one of his co-workers what'd she do just walk out of a cornfield and it didn't hit me until I'd walked out that that's exactly what he'd said. And do you ever come up with like a comeback, like an hour later? Afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what I wish I'd have looked at him and said just nonchalantly was no, actually it was a cattle barn and I'm getting ready to walk into a soybean field. But I don't know. He hit me wrong and it stayed in my crawl for a while. And then, and then when we did get in the field, I felt bad that the house wasn't clean and that I didn't know what we were having for supper each night and why do we feel obligated to do everything because who else is going to do it you know I have had a house cleaner and she hasn't been here for a while but um Chris hates when the cleaners come because he swears they hide his stuff on purpose like yeah I pay them to do that dude (laughs) um but, but actually, Chris was like, I, I don't want them coming anymore. And he actually has been cleaning the toilets, which is fine with me because I'd rather pressure wash a hog barn or scrub it with my bare hands than clean a toilet. But I, I'm frustrated that we feel obligated to do everything. And I'm sure, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there are things on the male side that they feel obligated to do. I haven't yet figured out what it is because it's not take the trash out of the garage. FYI. But I I don't know. Yeah, we went from soybeans and corn to uh women and ag. Do you or, feel like you put that pressure on yourself or is it just the environment or I'm not trying to be a therapist or anything here, but actually that's so funny you should say that because every time I come up with a topic, I feel like this is my therapy session. <laughs> Girls talk egg, Jennifer Campbell's therapy session. I think we do it to ourselves because of how we are perceived by society. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, I've heard topics on this. I was actually listening to a podcast episode the other day that was talking about farm wives, farm moms, you know, the juggle. And then you introduce younger kids, babies into the situation. And it's a hard balance between wanting to be out in the field and helping. Um, and they talk about that, having that major FOMO fear of missing out in case you didn't know what that was. And, but they're like, I need, I need to be here at home too. And it's a, it's a tough balance. I don't, I don't have kids. I'm not married. Um, maybe hopefully someday in the future, but I would argue that that's motherhood in general and not specific to farm wives. I would agree 100% with that. Uh, Oh, I agree with that. I think that's motherhood. Um, do you think it, it is, uh, compounded on the farm or is that just my perspective because that's all I've ever known I think it's different because that's also your job Mm -hmm. so like your your job is not separated from the farm and family whereas you know my job is more separated from my home and I think that probably makes the difference it does, but to be honest with you, you take, I've seen you take kids, your girls to agronomy meetings when you travel and yeah. because, because it's part of what you do. You don't, you don't want to leave them at home and you hate to drag them along, but you want to spend that time with them. And, um, I don't All know. All I keep talking about is they want to go to the Indiana meetings so they can go to Fair Oaks farms and go to small cakes and see Jen. Uh, so well bring them on um I could use small cakes um I I don't know I just think I think you're right 100% right that it is motherhood I and I'm sure that if we were in some other industry it would feel it would feel just as personal like it does here well it's the working mom you know anywhere you go it's the working mom they always feel that tug of I should be spending more time with my kids, but I, I'm, I want a career too. Like that's just everywhere, um, that you go, especially this past month, I had a lot of volunteer stuff going on with school and other things. And somebody's like, I don't know how you do it. You're so busy. How do you do it all? And I'm thinking, Jesus, just don't show up at my house. Don't look in my front door. Don't look in my car. (laughs) Yeah. See, I don't have it all together. And that's the thing is, is why are we, why do we feel like we have to have it all together? I mean, are there people that do honestly? No, they just make it look like they do. I I wish that I was a good cleaner, but I'm not. Like I will look past things and not see them at all. I just, I'm just of all the things on my list, that's probably the least of my yeah. I'm like yeah we can we can work around that or meet me at the busy corner don't come to my front door <laughs> right yeah I just I don't know I don't and I'm sure there are things that men do that like I said that they feel obligated to do because it's part of that gender whatever you want to call it but well, as a single mom I don't have anybody to do that stuff <laughs> Yeah. And that's true too. And and I think, I think it's funny if you really watched people's social media, mine, if you watched mine in particular, I know this is true. And I didn't realize it till a friend mentioned it to me the other day. 
she's like, you can tell when people are most happy and where they want to be um, because they have more to talk about. Um, like when I'm in the field, I have so much more going through my mind that I either post on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter particularly. And when we're not in the field or we're not doing, I'm not doing anything, my Twitter's very quiet because, because internally I'm not doing what I, what I want to do. I'd have to get her exact words because what about, what about your farm wife feeds blog though? That's something you enjoy doing. It is. And it's funny you should say that because I really enjoy, like, I'm the person who has to be like, if I'm, if we're in the field, I have a million ideas and I can come home and write a million words for DTN or uh, my blog. But if I'm like, if we go through a rainy period, I don't write anything because I don't have that adrenaline rush of being constantly busy, feeling feeling pressured. I'm a very deadline person. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I don't feel that pressure to, um, to perform, I guess. I just, oh, I can do that tomorrow or I can do that. You know, See, I only tweet if I feel like I have something good to say. Normally I tweet shit. So, and I post on Facebook because I want to see my own pictures in the next year. <laughs> I do too. That is a big thing for me is um, I feel like maybe I'm not doing it so much for other people or, hey, look at me, but I want to see this next year. Yeah. And see, and I feel different, you know, doing social media as a job, I'm least likely to post on my, on my personal, like, you know, working with Illinois soybean, like I'm always posting to Il Soy Advisor on Facebook and Twitter. And then I'm like, I'll retweet it on my personal one, but it's kind of taken that um I I go I go through those other channels. But at the same time, I, I've heard a lot more people trying to be more private, which is kind of a 180 from you know, regular social media of everyone posting. But I hear a lot more people wanting to become more private with their life and not post everything to social media which I understand um you know and this morning asked me if I was gonna talk to you guys about how she tried to kill the dog yesterday (laughs) what okay I need to know how did she kill the dog try to kill the dog she left uh dark chocolate out where the dog could get it did he get it oh yeah I mean there was the rice cakers with the rice cakes with a thin layer of dark chocolate on them and she ate about four of them. So I called my super friend who's a vet and I ran to Dollar General and got the hydrogen peroxide and went out on the deck, gave it to the dog and waited for it to throw up. And it didn't take very long, but it was just kind of like, oh. yeah, but see, I once had a dog that ate a full bag of Andy's mints and nothing ever happened. So I'm like wrapper well, and all said to me, you know, it's a possibility that she will eventually throw up or have bad diarrhea. So if you don't want to deal with that, you should make her throw up now. That's how yeah. she put it to me. As far as killing though, a dog, I think they have to eat a shit ton, don't they? Well, and it, it, like milk chocolate isn't as bad as like dark chocolate or things right. like that. So, and it, you know, it depends on how big the dog is and, but still. I don't know what it does to them. What does chocolate do to a dog? I don't know. Why does it kill them? 
I mean, I've fed my, okay, this is horrible, probably announced on a podcast. My dog has ate chocolate grapes, things like that, popcorn, <laughs> things ever happen. It's not my dogs funny, love popcorn. but it's like, just grapes are bad. Not like I regularly, well, one popped on the floor. She played oh. with it, pawed at it, and yeah, then eventually ate different. it. I mean, it's not like I'm regularly just feeding them off. It's what I worried more when I had a 10 pound dog because obviously it takes a lot less on them and of course Wrigley ate like a box of like gourmet like Belgian chocolates um so we actually went to the emergency vet for that one and they put this little pill thing in her eye and that made her throw up makes her puke I am my dog eats Oreos not a lot I'm just but and of course my dog one of my dogs is also had to have a uh, rat bait. Ooh. Uh, and what is that when you, I don't know, she ate a bunch of rat bait. Induced vomiting? Well, we didn't even know she'd been eaten until I saw her puke up blood. And mm-hmm. we did do an emergency vet visit then. Um, but interestingly enough, like they checked her levels for, they, they need to know. I, I thought this was interesting. They need to know which rat bait sh- the dog ate so they can do the, it's not, what it, what is it called when you counteract whatever the active ingredient is, counteract it. Like the anti-venom? And that's, you know, anti-venom was all I could think of and I knew that wasn't right. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, whatever the one we use, and we use a pretty strong one with the, the hogs around here and cattle, um vitamin d she just had to take vitamin d hmm. i thought that was interesting hmm. but, um, so dog gets radi- a make them puke with hydrogen peroxide then give them vitamin d i guess there should be a little disclaimer we are not veterinarians we are not <laughs> veterinarians but damn i, feel I like- consulted one before i made my dog puke yeah. <laughs> we know we know veterinarians i went to school with two veterinarians so well that's exactly i called one of my roommates at 4hs <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly use use your network people um but real quick i have a question going back to you know the um, women in ag piece you're talking about um you know with the balance of wanting to help the family farm you know, be active or your own career doesn't have to be out the family farm, you know, Karen with agronomy, being a part of that business. Um, but then also having your girls or older children or other home responsibilities. Are you ever fearful that you're going to face burnout or have you already faced burnout? And how did you deal with that? I think it's different stages. I mean, it was a lot harder when they were little. And you couldn't, like, they couldn't just play on their own. We had to worry about them getting into stuff. I think it was harder then. Or, you know, they couldn't sit in a meeting because they're too squirrely. Um, I think it's a little easier the ages they're at now. But now they, like, have more activities. So now I want to be home more. And so I'm kind of switching up some of my, my, I don't know, day-to-day activities to try and be home more for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I think we all face burnout, at least here and there. You know, December is really hard because you have so much extra to do. I feel like May is really hard, too. I read somewhere it's like May-sember 
where it's all the work because all the end of school activities, but there's no presents. <laughs> ah, we should Mother's Day, but nobody celebrates Mother's Day, do they? I tried to tell my kids it was a yes mom weekend and they had to do everything I said. And Mara said, well, anything but cleaning. And that was like, oh, well, never mind then. That kind of screws that up. I think we do face burnout. I, I saw the other day on uh, something about, um, I'd like to give all these people who give up social media, I'd like to give it up. But like you, Kelsey, you make a living doing it. You can't give it up mm -hmm. when you have to post for a business and, and, or volunteer groups that you are in charge of social for. Um, again, I think you can tell by my social when I get when I get tired and burnt out because I do withdraw. I just I, I feel when I get burnt out, I withdraw from social because I feel guilty posting constantly wanting people to go to my blog for a recipe or listening to what I have to say when I'm not reciprocating because I I don't have the mental capacity to read everyone's posts. I'm really I'm really bad about that. Bad or good, I don't know what you want to call it. If I'm going to post something, I really feel obligated to reciprocate by liking and reading other people's posts. That's crazy. Um, it, it sounds crazy when I say it out loud, but but I want people to visit my website. And so I feel very obligated to make sure I'm reciprocating doing that for others. Personal, if I'm going to post a personal post, I feel like I ought to be reading other people's personal posts. It's very weird. It, it is very weird. We went through a little kind of social media training with Kelsey and I, and one of the other people in the group said she has to tweet seven times a day. <gasps> you know, what some of that is retweeting, like. but yeah. I was like, wow, that's pressure. <laughs> it is pressure. And I think that goes back to why do we put so much, why do we feel obligated? Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves? Women or men, um, social media is very, it's a high pressure game. That sounds so stupid when you say it out loud, but it can be a very high pressure game. You know, or, you know, do I, am I looking good to everybody else that do I not look too good? Am I bragging? Am I not bragging? Am I, oh my God. But going back to it when it's your job. Yeah. You know, and you, when you're active specifically on Twitter maybe it's Facebook TikTok Instagram whatever it might be like you want to feel show people you're a part of the conversation like here listen to me not necessarily listen to me not to force you to listen to me but you want to be a part of the conversation and be seen as a source on the subject especially yeah. if you're an agronomist or veterinarian you want to have that presence because that's another way to market your your own personal brand when I was in Denver a couple of weeks ago, Jen Hartman, I don't know if you're familiar with who she from is John She's Deere. from John Deere. She did a presentation on your own, be, doing your own personal brand. And I really took that to heart because I'm like, I probably haven't been doing the best job of I'd love my personal to brand. I'd love Which to hear that. I can share it with you guys, but it's just, it's like, I don't have time for my own personal brand when I'm doing other things. So that's something I'm trying to work on is my own personal brand and, and figure out exactly what that is. 
And I feel guilty for having a personal brand. Like, uh, what makes me think I'm any better than anybody else that I need a personal brand? Imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, and we've been through that. We've talked about that too. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm crazy. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but <laughs> a little psycho. It just ebbs and flows, you know, it depends on what's going on, you know, out in the world, you know, you, when you log into Facebook, it's all bad news. And we've talked about this before. Maybe we sound like a broken record, but you know, they say you, you need to be the light you want to put out in the world. Like Mm -hmm. it sounds cheesy, but like, you know, there are, we need to, we need to put, you know, talking I don't I didn't want to bring this up but you know just the California Prop 12 just happening those voices still need to be heard even if the Supreme Court upholds that law or upholds that ruling you still need to put your voice out there even if it is the opposite of that to know I I agree everybody always wants to you know like well if I can't win I'm not gonna bet I don't know I still think it needs to be what if somebody else thinks if I can't win why do I need my voice? And then two people think if I can't win, why do I need my voice? And, and they do build on each other. I think we need a whole, uh, we talked about this before we started the live, but I think we need, obviously we need a couple things. We need to talk about that prop 12. Cause that's, I think that is going to change. I had not heard about it because to be quite honest, I get upset if I hear about things. So I choose to ignore um that and the seed uh Mm -hmm. bear closing all local seeds which that's i have an opinion on that too and it's not not overly important but um there's a lot going on i guess and people are so afraid nowadays i had this conversation about a week ago with someone people are so afraid of cancel culture nowadays that they don't want to voice their opinion at all because they're so afraid of being shut down for it yeah which well and I think one way to deal with that is to you know choose a platform to be on and be vocal but use your other platforms for other reasons yeah like I just got an Instagram a couple weeks ago a couple months ago I don't know and I totally watched succulent propagation nonstop on there and the (laughs) epic gardeners now see I and I don't really post much but that's where I'm like, this is my downtime. I'm watching succulent propagation. Yeah. <laughs> I am completely intimidated by Instagram. Don't use it. I watch it, but I don't use it because there are people on there. I can't imagine the creativity and the time to do what they do. I, I just don't have it. Well, you know, for some of them though, it is their full-time job. It is their, don't get me wrong. I realize that. But um, I don't have that, I guess it's maybe a drive. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been told that um, if I would just stop tweeting, I could probably plant a hundred more acres a day. So, and he's Chris, standing, stop telling her that. He's standing right next to me going, yeah. <laughs> so. The tractor drives itself. She can tweet at the same time. Eh, you would think he he doesn't uh 
If Sean can twerk and drive the tractor, you can tweet at the same time. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Oh, you don't remember that? Oh, vaguely. I'd forgotten about it. We're gonna have to bring it back out of the archive, so. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, well, I guess we're all gonna get busy now, right? Yeah, yep, I gotta go, go to the dance farming. studio to get the dance shoes for their performance tomorrow because they forgot to bring them home. Oh, well. So yes, the momming never ends. Yeah. And the farming never ends. So take care of yourselves out there. I yep. should say parenting never ends. I don't want to leave anyone out. <laughs> parenting never ends. It really doesn't. Uh, I mean, I have three grown kids and yeah, I'm glad it doesn't. And, and, and it doesn't for my mom because I'll definitely call my mom today and need some advice for something. So yeah. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers <laughs> out there. Happy Mother's Day to both of you. I'm a dog mom, but I've been told that doesn't count. So it absolutely counts. If I was going to say, I disagree. I think it counts. I think it counts. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll treat myself. If you treat then. your dog like a human, it counts. Yes. Amen. All right. All right. Until next time. Careful. All right. Yep. All right. See ya.